Jeremiah, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. Oh. I always feel so intimidated because you got them headphones on. You like really like like, like, like everyone else is. Li- you're listening to us, and we're just we just don't get to listen to you. We're just listening to sound. <laughs> <laughs> Elements. You're listening of to sound. my breathing, Brandon's tongue clicks, and <laughs> I, Eddie. I, is there anything you need to work on? I just don't talk. To you. Yeah. <laughs> It smells like the 80s. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms and the most convenient definitions. You see us as a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Welcome to season three of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections and one who tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me are my fellow detentioneers, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eat my shorts. Eddie? You just took my quote. My my job. Are we going to be like our parents, I guess? I don't know. (laughs) And Brandon? (laughs) Oh, I was being Allison <laughs> for the first half of the movie. Yeah. This season, we're shaking things up a bit. We've decided that each host will pick a film from each decade, from the 70s to today, that exemplifies that time period. Some of the films will be underrated, some classics, while others will be overrated piles of cinematic crap. Cinematic. Crap. Crap. To finish off each decade, the host will have a group pick that is sure to delight. Yeah. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film we've just watched? At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of 0 to 5. 0 is the perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober, and 5 is a terrible film that gives you both a bull and the horse. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, oh you'll mess with the bull. you mess with the bull. Very, very well. Oh In addition gosh. to our review, we always pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. Uh, as you know by now, this season we want to focus a little bit more on the cocktail selection, so please feel free to shake, stir, or in this case, pop. The, uh, I see what you did The chosen cocktail and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. With that, what do we have in class tonight, gentlemen? So tonight, I think that we go with the movie that, that, that is synonymous with the 1980s in cinema, and that is our fourth entry into our 80s film. The one, the only, John Hughes in his film of teen angst. It's 1985's The Breakfast Club. Yes. This high school-based film is rated an 8.4 on IMDb. It has a critic score of 89%. That is from the critics, 89%. Yeah. And an audience score of 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics. It's critics. They were five students with nothing in common, faced with spending a Saturday detention together in their high school library. At 7 a.m., they had nothing to say. But by 4 p.m., they had bared Bared their souls souls to each each other other. and become good friends. Seems like a long day. To the outside world, they were simply a brain, an athlete, a basket case, a a princess, and a criminal. But to each other, they would always be the Breakfast 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 Club. Club. I thought we could do that in (laughs) unison, but screw that. That was unprepared. That was unprepared. (laughs) All right. First impressions. Before we get into our cocktail selection, we need to talk about uh, whose film this is, and additionally, what are our initial impressions of this movie were before sitting down to watch it. Since this is my film, I will go first. And 
by all means, guys, I apologize for like fucking Messing giving you everything. Yes. I have a hard time selecting movies and then like actually like you know sticking with it. This I, man changes his movie selections <laughs> constantly. It is the bane of my existence. Faster than a teenager going out. On <laughs> I'm just sorry. You know how many? I want to do every fucking movie, man. You know how many unnecessary one. movies I've watched already. <laughs> Oh, by the way, we're not doing that one. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I'm already halfway through it. So, you were going to watch Karate Kid, or you're going to watch Risky Business, or Clue, but you know That's what? Right, Risky Business is thrown in there. I'm just saying that this is the 80 movie of all 80s movie, and I had to just go with The Breakfast Club. So, my first impression, this has always been a movie that I've been aware of. I mean, from our family members that passed this movie to us as our generation, I mean, they just grew up with this, you know? And I think, I think it's one of the best movies uh, personally, just regarding to the atmosphere and what we talk about and everything, what movies has done for cinema. And so this is, was my choice, and I'm pretty happy that we get to talk about this. So, Eddie, go. You know, uh, we're all pretty bizarre, but some of us are just better hiding at it. <laughs> There's your quote, dude. <laughs> I, had to think, I had to think about it. I had to like, look through quotes and quotes. Everyone's using them so freaking fast. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, with each movie, we try to pair nope. the two... My, first, you're still on your first impression, first impression. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I gave you my first impression. <laughs> All right, so pass it oh, on to the other bro. two people who have it. All right, anyways, first impression. Clearly, uh, he was a C student. <laughs> I was an Come athlete. on, Bender. I was an athlete. Come on, Bender. <laughs> Hold on, brain. Calm down. Okay. Johnson, Brian uh, Johnson, dude. Okay. This movie, uh, honestly, though, I hit it. Going back to the first impression, because I, I did jump a little bit, because um, Jeremy's first impression was really long. But um, <laughs> to you always. <laughs> I just thought when I, remember, I did this movie is like a movie that when I I was so happy that I had to watch this movie, especially after The Shining. <laughs> Shining. <laughs> I was like, thank God. Um, and it's just like I I forgot though like just how close it hits. Like there's so many different characters in this movie that I do see myself in. Um, in high school and in college, even now I feel like kind of like now I'm like the principal. You, you know, you mess. I tell my kids, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> I tell them all the time that quote, and they just laugh. I feel at bad me. for your kids. And they just laugh though, because <laughs> they see me smiling when I'm saying it. Like eat my shorts, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you want another week? No, there, you got it. <laughs> uh, push but, me, push me again. <laughs> so I was really looking forward to this movie. That's my impression. So, Brandon. All right, so uh, I have seen this movie, I don't know, four or five times. The first time I saw it, I was in high school, and I remember watching it and going like, oh my God, he gets me. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of how everybody feels when they're in high school. And then I was like, God, this movie's amazing. And so I, I was dating this girl who's now my wife, and I was like, you need to see this movie. And we watched it together, and I was like, oh my God, this is a terrible movie. It's just, it's not good. And I remember watching it and, and thinking, no, this is not the movie that I remembered. And then I watched it again recently and then I watched it again one more time for this podcast and I remember sitting back uh, just a couple days ago watching it and thinking the same feeling I had when I was in high school yeah that I don't know what I didn't see when I watched it you know a couple years ago but whatever it was it wasn't there anymore and I saw these characters and I saw myself in these characters and I saw so many people I know including you guys in these characters because that's what high school is all about it's it's about those moments of shaping who we are for the rest of our lives and and uh, as I mentioned I think last season two seasons ago um, American Pie is one of my favorite 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 movies and I feel like this movie 
is the stepping stone that gets us American Pie. It's the same concept of this is who we are. The people that we surround ourselves with when we're younger, are, they it makes us who we are. And so my first impression, um, I know I'm going Eddie Long, but uh, it was it was actually negative. Well, I guess my first impression of the movie was great, but going into watching this movie again, it was negative, which I think is why I came out watching this a couple of days ago. Feeling so stoked about it with his fist in the air. Yeah, fist in the fist air. Fist in man. the air. That's <laughs> funny. Song playing. Yeah, I don't go, I don't go long. You never. I, go I, long. You go long very long. Uh, all the time, Sean. So I had never Sorry. seen this movie. Um, oh fuck, Sean. Obviously, uh, this is synonymous with the '80s. Obviously, Jeremiah and I, had, you know, lived together for what, like four years. Four years. Yeah. And and we always he always talked about this movie, and we just never sat down and watched it. It was just one of the things that we never. Never watched. We never did. Um, and so I had very low expectations going into this movie. <laughs> like, so one um, of Jeremiah's favorite 80s movies. Yeah. Fuck. And Jeremiah <laughs> introduced me to such marvelous, magical movies like Drive. and uh, uh, <laughs> Not uh, the Roland Drive. Yeah. yeah. There's no dialogue. <laughs> There's a bit. Whoever, There's a bit. Who, whoever wrote the script for dialogue is the smartest person on the planet because they got millions of dollars for literally four words. Anyway. It's a Marvel movie. Going back. Uh, my expectations were super low. John Hughes, uh, I'm, I've never been a huge Hit fan. Hit miss. I've never seen 16 Candles. I've never seen, uh, what's the other one that he did? Well, you like Ferris Bueller. I, I like Ferris Bueller. Say anything? Uh, Cameron Crowe did that. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anyway, uh, low expectations. So going in, my first impression was like, I think brand negative. I was like, this is going to be trash. It's not going to be, uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a memorable movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, now, Eddie, you can take us through the cocktail. Wow, I timed that. That was a minute and ten seconds from your first impression. Okay, listen to this again when when it gets put up, and listen to how long you go. Three minutes. <laughs> Do you st- listen to yourself ever? I actually can't because it's my ears what? as I'm talking. You can't hear. Do you want me to turn it up? <laughs> That's me doing the, flick, the the middle finger right there. Right. That was perfect, oh, Club. Man, that was perfect. That's as we mentioned earlier, of us doing this. As we mentioned earlier, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and overall impact of the story of a cocktail. This season, we really want to discuss the cocktail and more and how it links up with the movie selection. Everyone who listens knows that when we finally watch a Bond movie... We are watching a Bond movie. I picked it. We'll pair it with a vodka martini <laughs> shaken nuts stirred with a lemon pill. But tonight's ch- cocktail... <sighs> messed that one up. ...was uh, chosen by uh, none other than Brandon... Uh, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. I was just waiting for you to say that, too. Uh, so he'll be taking us through the cocktail. Jeremiah. So tonight we're talking about a movie that takes place in Saturday school morning detention. So why not talk about breakfast time? And with that, with the mimosa in hand. What about that, guys? Mimosa. <laughs> Champs. <laughs> Sunday brunch. <laughs> Take some champagne, Don't break my take flute. some orange juice, mix it up, done. Easy peasy. You know what I'm saying? Drink up, gentlemen. Let it squeeze. Did they drink this in the movie? No. Nobody drinks. Yeah, no, they just bro. smoke weed and smoke cigarettes in the library room because that's what people do, right? Yeah. In detention. <laughs> anyway, um, so this cocktail, uh, you know, I don't know if you call it a cocktail or just a morning beverage. Um, I have it for brunch all the time. This is this is literally one of my favorite things in the world. Is is just champagne and orange juice, light on the orange juice, just a splash. You don't need a lot. This is a light. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. Anyway, uh, all right. So let's jump into the movie. Uh, let's talk. I think that that where we should start, and we don't have to start here, but I think where we should start is the cast, because every actor in this movie to me was so perfectly cast. 
I don't I don't think if I could if I could pull my dream high school cast and put them in the same movie that I could have done better. Well, see, I mean, it's got the Brat Pack, right? I it mean, is the and Brat which pack. is is create. This was a movie that helped create that group of they all went on. actors who went on and did you know the Sixteen Candles and the Saint Elmo's Fire and and I mean like this Emil- is the Emilio, the, the, Emilio yeah the, these are the character or these are the actors who became synonymous with the eighties movies, not just the teen movies, but definitely eighteen movie vibe to it. And I mean, I don't think that that the eighties would have been the same without this group of actors. You know, I, I think I that's so important. More, yeah. I, I watch a show called Psych. It's fantastic. It's probably one of the greatest <laughs> shows uh, ever made. But uh, all of these, except for Emilio Estevez, have appeared on Psych. And I have no power, but I am pleading with you, Emilio Estevez. They're making Psych 3. That's one of my Take notes, by the, the way. the damn part and get in <laughs> this show. They've got to, you've got to finish it off. Um, anyway, that's so my little sales pitch one, for Emilio One thing Estevez, interesting. Who, uh, by the way. Emilio Estevez has to listen, right? That's not obviously. Yeah, I can only hope. Hey, well, Emilio, can you just make sure you do a favor you and, and give the, a shout out to your dad because guys, I really think that he's awesome too. You guys um, watched uh, Mighty Dutch? Oh yeah, the, the yeah, game change. Yeah, game, it. it's really good. I love it. It's it so brings good. you back. Like I don't know what it is about. Charlie's not in it. Uh, no, Emilio is though. I know. Yeah, but my I watch day, it, man. You I watch it. it. It's good. Isn't I know, it? but I want Charlie. But it brings. Char- Conway. Oh, oh, you're Connor. talking about Charlie Conway. I'm sorry. Conway. You're talking about Conway. 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 Banks was in it, and that's enough. Banks he, was in it? Yeah. I'm like three episodes behind. He'll be in there. Joshua Jackson. Since we're talking about this, um, and we're talking about the actors, it's Hollywood. it's so weird to me how um, I have had the hardest time through my life, and I know this is probably one of the biggest problems a person can have, is taking Anthony Michael Hall seriously mm-hmm. as an actor, and it's because of this movie. Like he is always Brian to me. I don't care what movie I see him in. I don't care what, how old he is. He's always, you know, the, the dork geek brain from this movie. And it's, it's weird to me how we do that. Like we always say, Oh, you can't, you know, like you can't pigeonhole a certain person or a certain character, a certain actor. And I don't think I've ever done that with anybody except for Anthony Michael Hall. Like this is his movie. Like I watch Edward Scissorhands. We watched that one a a while ago. Yeah. Great movie. Love him in it. But still, I, I can't buy there? it. I can't buy it. He's the, he's the boyfriend. Boyfriend, dude. I can't buy oh him gosh, because, right. because of this movie, right? I look at him and I go, oh, I can't buy that one. Everybody else is great and perfect cast, but not Anthony he Michael Hall. He was in Batman, too. I think he was in Dark Knight. He was Dark Knight. He was mm-hmm. a reporter. Um, and yeah, so it's just interesting how I think this movie does that. Is it? It's these, these actors play their parts so well that Ali Sheedy is always the basket case Reclusive, yeah. reclusive girl, and, and and Molly Ringwald is always going to be that that preppy uppity girl, um, and I, I just think and Bender's always going to be the badass criminal. Like it just is so interesting. And what this movie does, I think, better than most movies is it allows these actors to peel away their layers and get you actually get a sense of who they are as the movie goes on because it really is like that opening little stanza says when you sit down to watch the movie. You see Jock, you see Brain, you see Princess, and then as the movie unfolds, you actually peel away and, and notice that they're all going through the same problem. the same problems. But Everyone is connected. Isn't that the same thing that we did when we were in high school? Though, is that we typecast people around us and oh, we yeah. didn't go you talk sat, to the people you that sat with your no, group, I just and that was it. Yeah. And no one else sat with <laughs> no, you. No, you and didn't. For some reason, if somebody happens to sit with you mm-hmm. that doesn't usually sit with you, yeah. it's just like. You shouldn't be here. You shouldn't be here. Why yeah. the hell are you? Public school. Here? If you if you go or went to public high school, I think that this movie speaks yeah. volumes to oh, you yeah. because yeah, you didn't 
this I, movie still mix in with others. I, I don't know about it anymore, but 2020 being kind of it mm-hmm. kind of almost erase the vibe of that. Now mm-hmm. I, I think I don't know nowadays. I haven't really heard anything, but I just know prior to 2020, the year um, it was still always this this like typecast. A lot of us like. Uh, whoever's in the the, you have the, the mean, chess club yeah. over there, the drama club over there, the bad boys over there, the whoever's in the what's the uh, well, isn't that the best scene in, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when she starts labeling like all the groups? Well, it's clueless the geeks, too, right? The suds, the this, the that, and we they, get that they all the seem to love him. <laughs> we we get that we get that in in, in uh, clueless, which to me, and if Greece, you remember, yeah. it's it's such a great movie, but it, it's another one where we see so much truth in these weird stereotypes that they're kind of, well, they're not kind of, they're making fun of, but at the same time, they're making fun of it in kind of this meta way where we're going, oh yeah, that's literally how life is. It's truly amazing how much character development happened in this movie within medits. Well, not only that, it's mm-hmm. in, in one isolated location. Like that's, I'm thinking about this movie from a filming standpoint and basically what, if, if I was directing this movie, which I don't know what he did, yeah. is it would be every day is Saturday school, right? My shooting schedule would be from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we would just like plow through scenes based on that day. Like that's that that's the the, the vibe that I would want to create. I'm going to piggyback on everything that you guys have been saying for the past <laughs> 10 minutes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> One, we all can relate to what they say. We all see ourselves as a jock or we see us as a brain or an athlete or a basket case. That note is pretty much directly to us in a lot of ways. I love this movie so much because it feels like a theater play. Mm-hmm. It's very small. It's very like, you know, just a small compact of a movie and it doesn't actually do anything, but you're just watching these people and their dialogue and and just like their acting chops and everything like that. It's so amazing. And I'm just beginning of the intro, the song, it does it. I don't yeah. think I can't think of another movie that has a song that actually just takes you into that film. And just brings you into a whole. Or that you back here, back to the and future, it power of you. Love. Yeah, powerful. I would, I would agree. Well, yeah, true. That's a good point. But I'm talking about this song right here. Donkey where Shane, it's, it's like, oh, God. no, <laughs> it's like, no, even the twist. guy who wrote the song, he was able to watch like you know maybe a few like you know cuts of it, and he wrote that song. You know, just knew exactly what that vibe was going to be like, and it speaks not just for the audience, just for generations and generations, man. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And this is a movie like we did last uh, or two weeks ago when we did The Shining where silence was the best friend of this movie because there was this song. There was like two other songs in the movie. I think maybe, maybe if when they're that. doing the, 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 the high dance when he's da- you know dancing around, yeah. but, and then yeah, when they're running down the hall and they're trying to escape, that's it for music. There's nothing. There's just, it's silence and awkward pauses. And you actually feel as an audience member, I feel like you feel like you're in detention yeah. with them. Like you're sitting there watching. Well, them. I think kind of jumping off you guys is that it's almost like we're spying in on them, you know? And it's weird when we're the adults now and we're watching these kids in high school and we're like, Oh yeah, I totally relate to that. And Oh damn, I remember being that person. <laughs> and it's going to be weird. When, I think in a couple of years when we have our own kids who are at that age and then we become uh, Jeremiah, I know you mentioned this, but we become um, Principal Vernon. I was, right? I was talking about, you know? I was talking about off mic. I was like, "Yo, I related more to the principal now than I can possibly ever imagine." When he's sitting down <laughs> talking to the janitor, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple conversations in this movie that are super powerful. But when the janitor says, "You're the one that changed," 
Like if you were in ben, Bender's place, you would be doing the same thing. Yeah, and then also, like, and he's just like, well, these guys aren't going to take care of me. And then Janitor said, well, would you blame them? Like, yeah. You know what's so funny about um, Breakfast Club is like this quote is always misread by the mass and just generations and just the media. The principal says this. He goes, you ought to spend a little more time trying to do something with yourself than a little less time to truly oppress people. And everyone always thinks it's like someone from the Breakfast Club that actually said that. And I love that the fact that it's actually the principal that tells the kids this is what you should probably be doing. But it's at the same time he's almost guilty of the same thing. Right, he cares so much, and this is what he was, what the Janitor Carl's saying is: you care so much about what these kids think of you. And he's like, I don't care what they think of you. He used to. He does, them, and then mm-hmm. somewhere down the line, he stopped the connection, and he became the person that you know that he is he directing them around. Yeah. Did you ever notice that when you're watching like the opening title sequence and whatnot, you see Man of the Year, and it's actually Carl, it's Carl. as Man of the Year? I've never Which witnessed I that, or never. I actually never put two to do together on that. So I, I missed this what? part of it. By the way, was There's, Carl? Carl was a student there years but ago. But was he, was he, was he related to no. any of the? Kids? No, no, they the just joked when he said years like he was the man of the year back oh, in like they in joked the, about they it. joked okay, about okay, it. Okay, so I was I was missing that. Well, yeah, the they're joke. showing like clips of like the school and whatnot, and they show like past awards, you know, and whatnot, yeah. and it show Carl his face as man of the year. Oh, and so I think what it's like, showing is that he was you, like you can the be the man of the year, you can be the popular guy, and then again, no, no, whatever to the custodial arts at all, but. Here he becomes yeah. he he becomes the high school janitor right. What they, you they are make in high fun school is irrelevant. At right. the end of the day, it, it, at the end of the day, and what I what I really appreciated was that all the characters developed. Not it, it, Vernon developed even more than you know. Let's say so, like Ali Sheedy's character. I feel like of all the people who developed the least, she's she's the one who developed the least, in my opinion. Yeah, that's. Mm, I, I see where you're coming I from, say Sean. Andrew, she Andrew was, does. It's not a problem. I'm not saying that he's. Mm-hmm. It's negative. I'm saying all she did was kind of reveal herself. Everyone else kind of had a realization. I don't think she had a realization. Yeah. I think she just. I think Andrew vocalized his realization, which I guess is still revealing. Which Andrew? It. I'm sorry. Andrew is Emilio Estevez. Oh, okay. um, because he has hated his dad, and, and I wanted to kind of jump on this in a second, but he's hated his dad and what his dad has made him want to be and want to do. He's hated that version of, of him forever. And he, he so I don't think he really changes so much as he's more just able to vocalize and it a little it bit. And it makes so much sense that you would would focus in on that character because mm-hmm. as, as former, you know, as former college athletes and high school mm-hmm. athletes, I don't think people, you know, people like, they don't understand the pressure mm-hmm. that, and, and there's pressure all across the board. Don't oh, yeah, athletes totally. aren't unique. I'm just, I'm not saying I'm just saying from an athletic perspective, there's so much pressure from parents to get that scholarship, to, to do that mm-hmm. thing. And a lot of it sometimes is that the, the parent mother or father didn't, didn't achieve a certain mm-hmm. status and they want to make sure that they're, kid gets there and i think that is a consistent theme and that's why it connects with so many people it's a consistent theme across families across generations that this is a reoccurring problem yeah and kind of jumping off that this is something that that frustrated me and bothered me um because i do think it it takes away from a little bit of the realism but i was watching this at the beginning and i'm like this is just like willy wonka in this sense or charlie chocolate factory or whatever is that all the parents suck Right. This is a movie about parents are 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 terrible and awful and and hurting these kids, uh, oh, and I just no. feel like that that was. But Andrew says exactly the right words. Yeah, you're supposed to not like living with your parents. 
Because yeah. if you liked living with your parents, you'd live with them forever. Yeah. Yeah, so true. part of that dynamic is, is what necessary. is the driver of yeah. the film, right? Is that I guess they, they just are are a little caricaturish. But they're not. But so much they're, the parents. It's also from the perspective of the kid, right? Yeah. That's who. I'm sure that the home life of Andrew is not as bad as Bender. He portray- no, no Bender. Andrew, Andrew Clark. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the the, Adley, Clark, the princess, yeah. the 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 you know, the recluse. All of their home lives are probably pretty consistently. It's the '80s, so you got a lot of latchkey kids. You got a lot of two-income families. You got I mean, all the problems. I think Bender is a class of his own because he's getting abused, in my opinion. But I'm say Bender and Allison are the ones probably having the worst times at home. But everyone's having a similar experience, which is what's so brilliant about the conversation between Andrew and Ali Sheedy's character. Allison. Yeah, oh, that's Allison, one of the best, like where best parts. She says they like they ignore. Is that the right yeah, word? What do they do with me? Or yeah. what do they do to you? And they ignore me. They ignore me. Yeah. And that is so powerful because it's. I don't think the parents are actively being assholes to the kids. Right. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. Like, I, I, I guess. I guess you're right there. It just to me was. It was like, oh, just give us a character with, with a decent home life, or at least one that they vocalize a little bit. Not that, that they need to defend parents, but it's like, oh, they're all the same. Right. Which I guess kind of goes along with it. So anyway, it's just, it was well, a, it was not, a it's not minute, minute part. It's just blame parents for, you know. All the issues. All the issues. That's yeah. not fair at all. Well, I mean, it's, you saw the quote from the lyrics changes, and it says, like, these children that you spit upon, you know, and everything like that, like, they know exactly what they're facing and whatnot. And I think that pretty much kind of, you know, who, who, who sets up that? the whole uh, movie. David Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, though, because, and I don't know if this is, like, cool 80s effect, but it shatters. And I, I was trying to figure out, like, is that saying that they don't it realize it? He used it twice, the shattering the glass. kind of effect. Yeah. And he did it during the the high scene when he was, which uh, he has pretty much on quote as saying like he wish he never did that yeah, scene. That's the dumbest it's, thing. It's, 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 it, that's my least favorite part of the fucking movie. Where I'm like, I hate I hate the dancing just in general. Oh, oh god, see, I, I, I like that. Actually. I, I didn't mind that one. No, with it. Emilio. No, he well, doesn't like any, dancing. Well, any of them, but yeah, with Emilio and he breaks the glass I, when he yells. I guess what what I. There's a lot of tension build up there that he felt like he's been winding up. Yeah, that actually really fucked me up when that was my first introduction of like, you know, people do marijuana. You know, when I was little, I was like, oh shit. So they act like that and you fucking get rage and, you know, and you scream and you break the window and shit. I'm never going to touch marijuana. It was, it was, it was definitely. Actually, there was two different dance scenes, by the way. It showed you different parent. Parenting styles that a lot of the some of the parents are trying to live through their kids. Some of them are not active in their kids' lives. Yeah. Some of them are going through their own stuff with just like battling of, well, you know, they're co-parenting, but like they're about to be separated. And then there's the the, the parents who are actually abusive. Like it shows you that the, each kid has their own thing going on at home, and I think that was on purpose. Like not everyone, obviously, if we you know, there's no perfect home life for anyone. Um, and I, I, to this day, like uh, everyone thinks the grass is greener on that side, right. but like it's sometimes it's not. Like sometimes there's other stressful situations going on at home that no one really knows, and uh, it's it just kind of shows you that like everyone has their their bad days, and right now they all really that's how they all connected with each other because their home life is not peachy right now. But I, I don't think it's about the home. I don't think this movie is about parent parental treatment or home life. I think this movie is about finding who you are. But I think it's finding who you are in spite of who your parents I, want you to be. I don't. I don't think that's it at all. Okay. I, I don't. And and let me. Uh, you might be right, and I might be wrong. But I think it's about discovering who you are. 
who, who this, who the person is. And it might be different than what your parents want. It might be exactly the same as what your parents want. Um, the what's what's Michael's Michael C. Hall's Brian Brian is the perfect character, right? His parents want the best for him. They want him to get the best grades he and get, get the best get school. A can't yeah. get a B. I mean, he got an F, right? I mean, that's he's never gotten an F in his life. Um, you know, he, he they find a gun in his locker. It's a flare gun, which is a really great way, by the way, to break that conversation up, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. But he's the perfect example of his parents. His perception of his parents were that they were being hard on him and trying to, you know, force him into getting good grades. They want the best for him. He's got to find out who he is. doesn't matter what the parents are doing. He's all the kids need to find their own path. And I think that they do. And some of them, I don't know. They I don't... think it's the scar tissue from all the parents, what they're doing too at the same time. I mean, you, you got to like peer pressure and whatnot. And even though they would want the best for him and whatnot, you're just like, shit, you know what you're doing to your son Obviously, you know, it's an effect regarding to what he's experiencing. And, you know, he goes not just above and beyond, but he fucking goes to the limit where he decides he wants to actually do something to his life, you know? Our, yeah, and I feel like, personally, I, I know this for a fact now, and I see this a lot more. And I, I'm always trying to be this positive reinforcement. My kids are always looking at my my uh, approval, approval, almost. Yeah. And it's almost like, buddy, like, I'm always proud of you. Like, I will always be proud of you, no matter what. I tell them both that. Even if, like, oh, I, I, I lost, we lost the game. Is that okay, Dad? Like, buddy, I'm just, don't forget. Just, I just want you to have fun. There's always this approval. And there's a lot of this. Emilio said a, a really good quote. says, my God, are we going to be like our parents? Yes. The answer is yes. And this is, I, I'm going to say something. I, I think I'm that's the one thing anti. that the parent <laughs> fully can't do. Like how you, I kind of piggybacking off of you, too, is that the kid has to find themselves. Exactly. But the parent also is like, hey, like, the, at the same time, the, parent, the kids are looking for, some of them are looking for approval of their, like, am I doing good? And, and so the question on the table then becomes, is the satisfaction of that approval a positive thing? Is getting that approval a positive thing? Or do the kids need to realize that there is no approval to be had? You don't have to get approval. You don't have to have other people approve of what your activities it's, it's, are. It's hard as a kid coming want, home every day. We all day. want validation. I understand, I understand. I 100% understand the need for validation. But the quicker that you learn that validation is not important, the more you become who you're supposed to be. And then that drives you to do better. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. I think parents should give kids their approval, of course, mm-hmm. 100%. But is the denial of that approval... What makes a person into who they are? Would Tiger, I'm using an athlete, for example, would Tiger Woods have been Tiger Woods if his parents said, oh, good shot, even though it was a shank? Or if, if you know, what they did is his dad threw his freaking golf ball in the woods and said, try it from over there. Like, I, I feel like people are, are so focused on this approval or this positivity coming from parents, though life is hard. Life sucks. It beats you down. There's a time and place for everything. 100% agree with you. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I, I, and I'm not saying be an asshole. That's yeah, not what I'm saying. There's there's the positive side and there's the horrible side. And you see it with Bender, you right. know, where he actually is no uh, just aggressive. I mean, right off the bat, you know, he's doing things to just get people's attention. He, the, you know, ripping out the, the book. book. Harassing. Just, he's just, it's like he wants probably approval, but also the attention because he doesn't get it at home and whatnot. You know, he's, I think he, he wants power, too, because he's powerless at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wrote here that that to me it's a really weird, brilliant narrative 
moment when Vernon's in the closet and yelling at him and basically threatening Bender. Because the whole movie, we have hated Bender, right? And to me, there's this cathartic, like, supportive side of, of like, yeah, Vernon, tell him, put him in his place. And so it's weird because we're on Vernon's side as he's doing that. We're like, yeah, that guy deserves to have the shit beat out of him because he's a shitty person. But in doing so, we become, for the first time and then throughout the rest of the movie, we care about him, right? We care about Bender because we see this this weird reaction that we're, I mean, at first, at least for me, I was on Vernon's side. And then halfway through, I'm like, oh, wait, that's fucked up, right? And then we start caring about Bender. And maybe not fucked up in the sense of like, it shouldn't be said, but it's fucked up in the sense of like, that's all Bender ever gets. If, if And if you look at that moment in the film, that's the splinter moment where I think Bender starts to change and I think Vernon starts to change. From that interaction, you've kind of got this realization on Vernon's part that he's not this badass asshole kid because he wants to be. He's not 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 because he's a badass asshole kid, mm-hmm. but because he's trying to regain something that he's mm-hmm. lost or that he's broken. And Vernon, I think, realizes in that room that he's broken. Like yeah. he's beaten. Vernon, are we talking about Vernon? The principal. The, the principal. Yeah. That, 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 that Bender is broken. That Bender is, yeah. you know, the look on his face when, when he, uh, the look on, on Judd Nelson's face when he's like saying, hit me, just please hit me. And he keeps pointing to his chin, like putting his chin out, is fear. Not, oh, yeah. it's not, not aggression. He's not going to hit him. It's like, oh my God, I, this, I'm going to go through the same thing with this guy that I do at home. Mm-hmm. That and I also think that he didn't bite the bait that Vernon wanted. Like he actually kind of really thought about it. You know, it looks like he thought about it like, hey, I'm not going to cross that line because I know this is what he wants, you know. Right. And, you know, and I fuck, I was watching. I was like, fuck, you know, this principal literally just crossed the line. Like this fucking guy could lose his fucking job for doing shit like that. You know, I mean, fuck. I mean, he and, locks him inside his fucking office. Yeah. It's fucking crazy when you and think about it. And from a parenting yeah. perspective. And he like room. just finding that line though is probably positive for Bender. So as much as that was an uncomfortable scene, I think it wouldn't fly today. He pushed his boundary. He found his boundary. And so Bender from then on out changes the way he operates. In my opinion. Yeah. He sacrifices himself for the group. He, he has, I think a connection that he's never had before. So I've got two questions and, and one is kind of jumping off what you said. And you said that Bender changes. Do you feel like these characters change over the course of their their breakfast club? Or are they going to go back to how they've always been once Monday hits? I don't think it matters what happens on Mondays because that one day, that one moment, they actually, like, you know, connected with each other. It doesn't matter in the end of it. It could be 20 years or 25 years now they had that one moment. Well, it's so interesting you say that because John Hughes actually envisioned this breakfast club getting back together every 10 years for sequels. And hated Judd Nelson so much it didn't do it. Yeah. But that was kind of his thought is that they would. So they would stay. They friends. would stay. Yeah. And and they would share their progress of their life over yeah. the course. Of, I think it's, the it's an interesting thing because they, they literally directly address this in the movie. Brian asks, what's going to happen on Monday? If I see you in the hallway, you're going to say hi. You're going to actually care. You're going to say hi and then talk shit behind my back once I go away. To me, and maybe this is just my pessimism, um, that they don't change, that this isn't. And I, I, I get what you're saying for sure. That it doesn't matter if they change or not, but I do think that it does matter a little bit because it shows who these people really are 
So define define change. That's my that they uh, will be they will accept openly and visibly to other people and publicly their appreciation for that's one type of change. Right. I would argue that the change that they they had was an internal change, a perception change, Mm -hmm. and that is way more important than a physical change. That is a way more important change than being friends in public. This is a realization that no matter what you are in what category you fall. Everyone's dealing with the same shit. Everyone's having the same insecurities. Everyone's having the same pain. And that no matter what happens and how everyone's treated, they know that of one another. And that knowledge is understanding. Yeah. 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 I I get you. I I agree with all of you, but like I was looking at Brandon's ideas. The main people recently, this is sad to say this, but the main people that need to change out of all that, I feel like it'll be a ripple effect, you know, or personally, I think it's two out of the group. And after they both change, it will affect the other three. And the it, athlete it, and the princess? Yes. It, it, yeah. it's this, for some reason, there's this well, there's hi- a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy in high school. And it's like the, P, uh, not the PTS, but it's the, I can't think of the group, but it's pretty much here. They're in charge of all the, like, ASB. The, ASB. Yeah. Like, they're, like, that's, it's the ASB and those athletes, and they're in charge of everything. Mm-hmm. So the, if they two change, and all of a sudden, it just ripples down with everything, yeah. and it will affect everyone's life. But realistically, no, it won't change. One day is not going to change them forever. Yeah. But they have this connection, and it changes internally. But it's something. It's all. It's all you need, though, is just a little seed, and it, it grows Maybe over it time. Into ten years. Yeah. It blossoms into like six years from now. I, uh, you know, ten years from now, I'm, I'm friends beyond ten years from now. I'm friends with you guys. But at that time, we were not as close as we were then, right? I mean, like it was just like we played catch every day, and we played ping pong in the in the in the commons room. Stuff like that, but it was just, it just started blossoming into other stuff. Well, I have a question to ask you guys: Which character do you can resemble the most when you're watching this film? I mean, I don't mean to open up shit, but one hundred percent, the open yeah. up shit. No, the brain. Um, and and I had a not a similar in the extent, um, but I remember when I got a C on a uh, a progress report, and it was because something hadn't been turned in yet. And I remember having like an emotional breakdown in the little quad area at my high school and shaking when I was looking at this progress report, wondering how I was going to be able to go tell my parents that I got a C in the progress report, not even a report card, but a progress report because I had never gotten anything below a B. Um, and I remember that feeling of just freaking out. So, and it was about a year after that moment that I, I saw this movie and I was like, I think that's one of the reasons I, I totally related to that. Um, and now looking back at it, I hate me for feeling that way. And I see it happening with Brian, and I'm like, oh, man, how that just destroys your mentality and how that screws you up. And I wish mm. you as a character didn't feel that, but I know how that feels. And I remember telling my parents, and they're like, okay, well, what else can you do to get it up? And I'm like, what? And they're like, it's a progress report. And even <laughs> if not, oh, well. Yeah. And I remember that I needed that as a person, as a student then. And this was my you know, freshman year of high school, I think, or, or yeah, I think it's freshman year. And I needed that, but I didn't realize just how not life or death something like grades were. And I know that I was kind of a, a, a island unto its own. Sean, um, so you're gonna laugh. I know the per, the person that I most identify with the in princess? this movie is the principal. <laughs> oh, I thought you say the princess. The principal. No. So I I was I hated high school. Every moment of high school was miserable for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I had <laughs> my plot, my plan, and everyone else was wasting time doing stupid shit. 
that's the reality in my head. I don't know if it was the actual reality, but I had a plan. I was, I had to check all the boxes. Same thing in college. I really didn't enjoy, I, I enjoyed college tremendously, but I didn't let myself enjoy it as much as I could have because I was, it was always a means to an end. I was always checking the boxes to get to the next phase. And one of the realizations that I've come to at 35 <clears throat> is that the checking of the boxes is dog shit. It's the stupidest fucking perspective to have. Yep. And that's, he's, he said, I've been a teacher for 22 years, whatever it was. He's checked the boxes. He's done everything right. He's done, he's gone through this process. This idea that life happens in between the checking of the boxes. And, you know? and that's where the life happens. Yeah. Your life is made up of the moments, not of the accomplishments. Yep. And that, I think that's why I connected with him the most is because he had done everything right and they still hated him. <laughs> yeah. He was trying to help them. Reality. The, the, the essay that he sent, that he sent them, was who do you think you are? Who are you? Who are you? Not what he was actually asking. He was asking him, them to look inside themselves and find out what was their purpose? What drove them? What did they want to accomplish? Who were they? That was the most positive thing you can give to a high school student. And they spit in his face. It's, it's the delivery he gave. Yeah, the, it, because uh, of because he was bitter yeah. and pissed off yeah, because yeah. he had done everything right. That's what I'm saying. You start it's like, acting like more he, like Vernon every second right now. I see sorry. It. He, yes, you are. He, <laughs> uh, we're getting the horns, guys. Yeah. Getting the horns. He hmm. has yeah. He, his realization when he's he's with the janitor is that when the janitor says you're the person who's changed, he's he's actually moved beyond the living part of life and into the box checking mm. part. And I think, uh, anyway, that's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, that's great. Ed, who, who are criminal? You? <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, uh, I, it's, it's too hard to say an athlete cause I wasn't like a regular athlete. Like I, I was, it, it's like, I wish basket case wasn't so much a basket case, but I was like an athlete slash, not a loner, but like I had my own group of friends and we were close to the other athletes and that was my ticket in because I played baseball and basketball. Uh, so I was close to the football players, but overall I really didn't know them. Like I didn't know who they were. Like overall we, I was just able to, they didn't bug me and I didn't bug him. But overall I was in my own little way. It was like my group of four friends, we were almost like little loners. Like we would just sat where we at and we were all just like had our own little life together. On the weekends we would see each other at one of our houses and just go swimming. And then mm -hmm. we go back on Monday. It's like, oh, you know what? We watched a movie together. It wasn't like we did anything with the other group of friends. We just, us four, sat together. And that, that was, so it was like a slash brain loner and athlete. It was so <laughs> weird. So, so here's my question. And this is, this is probably a, a question for a different podcast. But is there any really way to know someone who has yet to develop an identity? Like no, I think every, very, everybody has an identity at some. I think everyone has a saying? thought of what, an identity what, what they want to be. Yeah, what, what I'm want to be, but it's way different having friends at 25, at 35. I'm assuming at 45 and 55, when at 19 you have yet to develop who you really are, and so you're trying to be someone. You're trying. It's almost like you're you're trying on personalities, and and I. So my a, you know, yeah, you know I understand I mean? that. Right. So, but my friends. At, and I don't mean it negatively. No, I'm but just, my yeah. friends at seventeen, eighteen. I was friends with them when I was also seven, eight, and nine. 
So it was it wasn't like we just knew each other right then and there. So we were friends. Like mm -hmm. we knew each other since we we grew up. And just recently, now everyone's starting to spread out, and now we don't see each other anymore. But it doesn't matter. Like we could pick up where we left, leave course. off. Yeah. But at that time, there at that that's what actually helped me get through high school is having those three other four other dudes. Because without that, realistically. I just knew people like everyone was like, "Hey, Eddie, how's it going?" But I didn't really know them. Like right. it, I was, I felt really uh, if they were, if any of them were busy and gone, I was just like, "Crap, what am I gonna do? Let me just go. I'll just go somewhere else and just eat by myself." Mm -hmm. Like it was just that. Like it was. I think to answer kind of your question is no. I don't think that people know who they are. I think people have this idea of who they want to be, and I think that one out of every twenty becomes that. Mm. And I think probably one out of every 50 knows who they are and actually has a four, right. a, a four dimensional. You were saying try on new clothes, mm -hmm. figure out who you want to be. And then for the next four or five, 10 years, and probably more like the next 60 years is to work toward achieving that, uh, that goal. I'll you, give you a you, perfect right? example. You're telling a story about getting A's and B's in high school. Mm -hmm. I was literally one of the worst students you could possibly imagine. That does not surprise us. I have of all the people here, <laughs> I have gone through the most education, which just, and, and that's not a slight. It's just like me, the person who couldn't get good grades, ended up going to school and getting, you know, a doctorate. That's different. That's just a different person. I would never have put myself in that box in high school. Right. I would never have gone to school for right. as long as I did. I think Jeremy and I were really bad people at school late. <laughs> Like, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I was. Uh, just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I got you. Though, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. No, I, I I always connected with Alice in this movie. Like I just always saw myself as her, and it just and she's hot as shit. Oh, she's, <laughs> like, I wish I wish she wasn't like so much a basket case. It's like she, I don't see her as a basket case. She's just, just, just she a, wore her heart on her sleeve, and she is the heartbeat of this movie. When well, you think about it, she wore her heart on the sleeve, but she also wanted other people to see her as something that she wasn't. They want she wanted people to see her as a basket case. But she, the, she was when she really she was she the really wasn't was, that person though. Yeah, but the thing is, is that she didn't know what she is and she doesn't yes. know who she was or anything like that. And I relate that so fucking hardcore, man. I didn't know. And I still don't even know half of the time, like what I am, you know, my head goes this way and goes this way, you know, to the point where I, you know, you try to figure out what the fuck, just go away from that fantasy or something, you know? And I can totally relate to her, you know, when she's like, you know, I could go to here or I can go to Afghanistan or something like that. You know, you see her, like her eyes are just like moving around. And sometimes my mind is like that. So I could totally relate to that, and I understand what she's going through. <laughs> and you're not a uh, you're not a dweller, uh, and I mean that like you're not. You, you, this is the first time probably in your life where you've had this this center point um, with your home and your family. Like you, you're you've always been a nomad a little bit. I feel like my life has always been a gypsy, right? And for the first time in my life, I've have something. And I don't mean that negatively. Yeah. I oh, mean, no. Just, yeah. I, I always <laughs> joke about that. Like, you know, like I've lived my life like a gypsy or something like that, you know, yeah. from house to house to couch to couch or something like that. And it's just so funny. Like now, I, for the first time, I have like this lighthouse. I don't know what to say, man. It's just it's the weirdest thing. It's stability is what, what it is. <laughs> it, it, no, I mean, seriously, because yeah. I thrive on stability. If I don't have my things about me in a place that I'm comfortable in, I am a basket case. Yeah. So I'm the opposite. I could never be... A, a 
you know, a, a nomad. I could never be a gypsy because I need my little core. I need my, my stable It took core. me for a while to figure out what I was looking for and what to find and whatnot. And it just, it just came left field and I didn't even expect it. And that's what's so crazy about it. And you talk about Alice and like, you know, how she is and whatnot, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, that's the person that I, I was attracted to. Yeah. I, and somehow her. I kind of ended up with, you know, Claire. You ended up with Dude, Claire. Claire, <laughs> the princess, yeah. Which, you know, it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Like, it's like, fuck, this is pretty dope. You, know? <laughs> you, know, you always saw yourself as that, but I mean, I always saw you as like the cool kid. Like, I, I was like always so envious of like, but, you had so many cool friends. But the thing is, you said, so, a, you said the best right there. It's just so like, but they didn't really know me. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I feel you there. So, kind of turning the tables to, to more negative. One thing that bothered me, and I, you know, in reading about it a little bit, especially more contemporary takes on the movie, is it does seem kind of misogynistic, and especially in the Bender Claire relationship, right? Where to me, that watching it again as an adult, watching and seeing it happen, I agree with you. It doesn't make sense. Like there is no reason that she would be attracted to him enough to go and break into the the closet and and make out with him. But it, I know what you're gonna say is that she wanted the the change of pace. She wanted to try on a different face. I don't think that's <laughs> it. Just answer your question. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't think that's it because I think that he. And this is where I think John John Hughes screwed up just a little bit. Is he he didn't give Bender any kind of salvation for her. I, he could uh, have been yeah. he could have been nice just once or twice. He was. Uh, so I don't see it. He sacrificed himself for her, not for the group, for her. Second of all, every woman in high school, whether they want to admit it or not, has a thing for the bad boy. Every at some point in a woman's life, they have a thing for a bad boy. Just like in every man's life, we have a thing for the freaky chick. It's it is what it is. It's it's a force of nature. That relationship to me, the abuse that he gave her was because that's how he was treated. So how you're treated is how you project. Right. So if people treat you like shit, you treat people like shit. I mean, not always. Not always. I think that, yeah, for the most part, I think that's I think that's. I mean, yeah, I it's, mean, borderline, like throughout the movie, like beginning of the movie, it looks like, you know, it's not look, he's harassing her, you know, 100%. It makes it, like yeah. it just totally you know, inappropriately, inappropriately yes. and just like, but then you get to the sex talk. So you actually have like, like the three stages. Yeah. You have the original harassment. Then you have the sex talk where he's very, uh, experienced. So he says, so you, he don't, says. you don't, you don't buy it. No, not at all. No, no. Yeah. Interesting. I think they're all on the same page. It's the thing that connects them. They're all trying to figure it out. Every single one of them. I mean, look at what Ali Sheedy, uh, Allison was, you know, <laughs> she started out as a, as, you know, like, I don't know, quote unquote, loose woman. Then, then yeah, she comes with, out. She, that she slept with her, str- uh, her, sh- her strength, her which, yeah. which she lied about. She lied about yeah. because she's a you're, liar, Yeah, you're. And, and, and she's you just know. trying to stay cool. She's trying to, for some reason. Did uh, did the brain and the princess? Did they hook up? Because it seemed like they did, but I don't think they did. No, no. No, he he was no, he trying he was that. trying to make the assumption like you know he was lying about his virginity. He hooked up with. He's, he hooked, he's trying to pretend. Yeah, he was lying yeah. about his virginity, but right. he didn't want. Uh, I think they're all virgins. Players know. Yeah. The person who tells you they've had sex has not. 
The person who says nothing has. Was that the rule of three? That's American the, the Pie Two. Three from- <laughs> yeah. American Pie Two. <laughs> so, yeah. For the longest, for the for like for the first. I mean, this movie was very short. Like it, it got to the point. So for I want to say for the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie, you saw a division of. Andrew and Claire always just like Andrew just having uh, this uh, the athlete kept having Claire's back, you know, yeah. randomly like that. Hey, just, you know, it'd be two two sounds, me hitting you and you hitting the floors. So he was just like always having her back, and then somewhere around the line, I think the whole sets talk. Allison said something, or no, Claire was saying something, and Allison laughed and like said, "You liar, bitch," or something like that, and it made Andrew laugh because <laughs> he kind of like he laughed. He said, "Yeah, I mean, she's called, he's called, she's calling you out, like you know, you are lying." But then and, you see Bender, and then and you saw Bender back up Claire, yeah. and then you saw Andrew back up Allison, and then right there is where you saw like so. So Monday, are they going to continue these relationships? Why does it matter? It does matter. <laughs> it does matter because I don't think that life is important I enough think, to be lived in so a, a seven-hour period. Let me, and let me tell you, okay, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I went All to, about how when I went to Ireland, okay. we were with uh, a group, and one of the couple there was a couple a husband and a wife or actually they were they were get, trying to get married they couldn't get married in Ireland because Ireland has some like waiting periods and different things on the last night of our trip I had just gotten ordained to do Scotty and Brittany's wedding I think <laughs> and in Ireland I married them I, I performed the ceremony they did all the stuff it was wonderful it was a moment in time that changed the way I look at things, it changed their lives. It changed a bunch of different things. I have never talked to them again. I've never communicated with them again. It doesn't matter. It changed us both. I, I, uh, and what I'm saying is, I think that this day, this high school day, mm-hmm. changed every single one of them irreparably forever. In a good way. In a positive way. It did. And it doesn't matter what they do on Monday. I have to agree it with does. you on that, Sean, because it, they, it, in Brian's the end, they life, finally connected with someone with each other. That's it, But Brian's life is going to be harder than Andrew's life. Yeah. And Everyone's going to Brian's life is going to be... Brian's life and uh, John's life, Bender and Allison's life are still going to be harder than, than Claire and Andrew's life. And that's where it comes down to with it's not going to change enough from just one day, there. I mean, it, 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 what it did is it broke the ice a little bit. It broke the and ice, and it gave Andrew him a breather. will now not pick on uh, Brian oh, and his friends. That is all. Maybe all that matters. You know, that's that's the the. the for, and then maybe now Claire will actually be more like hi to Allison. And see, a to me, that's, that's something that is something. Like yeah. that is important. Yeah, not, not, not you're not sitting with that person, but it's like, hey, hey, what's up, man? Like, hi. Like Angie will think twice about if he's gonna ever like pick on someone, you know, like the someone yeah. that's smaller weak because he knows like when when he mentioned like, Hey, I did that to that one kid and Brian goes, That was you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like they were friends, you know, they knew like, each other. Yeah. Like I can't believe that was you, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're you know what I'm saying? So I have a quote here, Brandon, for you that is from one of my favorite movies called Life is a House. Kevin Klein, Hayden Christensen, fantastic. He says, You know the great thing? Change can be so constant that you don't even feel the difference until there is one. That's the change that they had is that it's so subtle and so small that no, tomorrow they're not going to talk to each other in the halls, but it's going to be so powerful that it continues on. And one day they will have changed not on Monday, but sometime in the future. And they won't even have realized that the change happened. Yeah. And to me, <laughs> you're just, <laughs> not, me, just, not, you're just not buying it. <laughs> that just isn't enough. All right. It just isn't enough. I feel like life is too short 
to say, ooh, these these people had such an impactful and important moment in their life to not have it change them in a bigger way than... But Brandon, haven't you seen these people who get cancer, they get lung cancer, and they change their whole life for five months, six months? I mean, look at 9-11. We changed as a country Mm -hmm. for probably about nine, ten months. Mm -hmm. And then we went right back. Yeah. We moved right back. Change, if it's fast change, it's irrelevant change. If it's slow building but it's, change, it's it's like Eddie said, it's not irrelevant to all of them. It's really relevant to some of them, and I to me, it's those some of them that I think that I at least care about, that I want to look out for and say, hey, you know what, life is crappy for you. Stick it out. Yeah, you can make it. It gets better. It gets better, and you know how it gets better is it's it can't just be an individual saying, Ooh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to be, it's about the, 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 the culture and the people around them also but, okay, coming so, through so, and so, saying, Hey, it's going to be okay. So let me, let me say something that, okay. So on Monday when they all go back to school, mm-hmm. maybe the athlete just gives a nod. And that's all I brain. ask. That's all I ask. So that subtle, I think that's the type of change that they're going to have. Not. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, asking like them Jeremy to go saying, hang He's out. not going to beat up, you know, he's not going to, he, they're not going to per- participate in the same activities that they did on Friday on Monday. They're right. going to. I'm not saying they go out to a movie together, but they care about each other. Hey, lay off, lay off him, dude. And that to me is all I'm saying is needed. And in, in, if in the, the movie, in life, it, well, I think in life, but oh, yeah, yeah. In, in the movie too. Um, and if the answer is that's what the, that's what happens, then to me. But there that's was the a subtle purpose. change we're talking about. Like it's not going to be. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. They're not yeah, all going to be at the same table. But, but I guess for me, the subtle change can't be like, oh, three years down the line, I have this revelation, uh, revelation that 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 dates back three years ago to when I was in Sunday school. You tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like this. It's really like shadowing something else. This movie a lot. It could go both ways. Mm-hmm. It's for me. I see a lot of depression and and suicide, like like the suicidal background, like. Um, like there's a lot of like stuff that kids are going through, and it just kind of like is in the shadow of like each one of these. At least, I, I even I guess you can say Claire and Andrew. They both have this like everyone has this pressure. Bender, especially, and Allison and and Brian, like they're they're depressed and they're like they have that like it's it's there, it's real, you know. And it, mm-hmm. they feel alone, alone, and they feel like you know the easiest way out is this way out. And I feel like. That's one thing I wish they might. I don't know. Like it, it, it is good how it is. To, they never even mention that, but you almost got the feeling of like some of them are going through. They're all kind of going through a little depression right now, or like a, being a, alone. And I, I like that feeling without saying it, but they yeah. did it. The best, the best analogy that I, I thought of when I was watching this movie is <clears throat> that they're all they all feel like they're on an island, and at the beginning they're all like set up on the beach where they can't see each other. And then as the movie goes on, they realize they're all on the same island and they're not alone yeah. and they're all dealing individually with the same problems. Yeah. But until they actually break down the barriers and talk to each other or they walk across the beach and meet each other, they don't realize that they're all on the same island. And, that, and that's <laughs> why the third act of the movie is probably the best part of the movie where they're all sitting down in and circle, actually yeah. in that circle and they actually just opening themselves you know, to one another, you know. I think that scene, and I just think that whole like third act of the movie just is the movie itself. <sighs> Emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like 
I feel like for the last two episodes that we've done, we haven't really touched about the movie. We've <laughs> around the movie. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our review. Now it's the time of the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on our following scale. Eddie, can you provide our scale, please? I'm tired. Uh, zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a feel-good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're going to Uber or lifting home. Four, a rough morning at Watch of Shame. Five, you blackout, shit face, spring break, drunk. I'll start. Sean? Sean, start? Yeah, I'll start. Wow. So my expectations of this movie were very low. Uh, I did not think that it was going to be any good. I thought it was going to be shallow and a bunch of high schoolers screwing around at uh, Saturday um, detention. <laughs> and I thought that this, as far as uh, if I'm putting it on a list of the greatest emotional cathartic movies uh, garden state is on that list and this is really close to it um it showed you the struggle of people in a certain circumstance specifically high school which usually is not appealing to me because high school is underdeveloped kids right it's they don't know anything yet they're just trying to figure it out but this gave them experience in a way that i think was unique and wonderful and I really appreciated the growth that the characters went that didn't seem forced. It didn't seem like it was scripted. It felt like it was, they were actually the characters in the movie talking about their problems and they're so relatable. Like anyone can watch this movie and feel something for someone. Like there's someone you connect with. And once again, we've, we've kind of hit a couple of, of home runs the last couple of podcasts that everyone can kind of, relate to the characters in these movies. And that's why these movies are so great. That's why the, I mean, that's why that they have the, the scores that they do with audiences because people are connecting to the characters. So for me, I'm probably going to, this is probably an inappropriate score for the, this movie, but it's a, uh, I think it's a 0. 0.5. It hits you in a way that is really, uh, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. And I think the performances are great. I think the music is great. I think the cinematography is great. I can't find a real super negative thing about this movie. So that's my score. Eddie? My negative thing about this movie is it wasn't long enough. I almost felt like uh, I wanted longer. Like It's one of the movies that like, I, I don't say that often to many movies, but it's like, dang, like, I wish they just, they just would stay a bit longer. Maybe it would have been cool. But then like that's what made this movie so special. Is like You knew it was only a Saturday, and it was a wrap-up. And it was like they had like... You got the, you just got the feeling of a Saturday detention. You were there with them, uh, the, you know. You were almost falling asleep when they were falling asleep. It's like God, like this, I just explodes. And then it just it picked up. Uh, the character development was awesome. Even the principal and then Carl, he played a, such a small part, but he had so much uh, good lessons to learn uh, in many different ways. Um, it was funny in yeah. many different areas. Uh, Damien talked about how they was running through the halls and but like it this movie holds a special place um it's it's I mean it's breakfast club man like we named our <laughs> we named our uh not you Jeremiah but Brandon and Sean and myself and one other guy like for in the mornings we would name our little group the breakfast club because we would have breakfast before after weights and before class we even had 
papers you had to sign up to, to join the club. I would have been there in a heartbeat if I <laughs> yeah. knew about this. Yeah, it was very formal. Kevin <laughs> Duke, <he did> it. <laughs> and I felt almost kind of like, I felt so bad because some of them, we, we had them sign it and they gave it back to us. People really gave us papers back and we were like, we talked to each other like, they're not going to make it in. Yeah. Like, when did we become We've the mean girls? We rejected your application. That's a, that's a Claire Andrew thing yeah, right there, yeah. you know? And we were all of a sudden the mean girls. We were elitist bitches. Yeah. But it was like this, so it was just like the Breakfast Club means so much for me. It means, you know, a lot of friendship there that, like Sean was saying, they're like, uh, it's not about short term, it's about long term. Um, and that's what matters most. Like, who you plan on seeing for the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, you, and every, and you also realize in this movie, you touch a lot of people's lives without knowing it. Um, they're all kind of touching each other's life without even knowing this. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's, it's just, as a parent now, I see it as a different eyes as I did before being a parent. This is my first time watching this movie as a parent. And I did see what these kids are going through um, as, as, you know, their mom and their dad are at, uh, outside so it's just like it made me it touched me a different uh, deeper on that aspect because I, I never saw it that way till now. Um, so for me personally, I'm gonna give this a one. Um, I like this movie a lot, and I feel like a one is a good uh, feel good first cocktail. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, no, nope, me. Brandon, he has yes. his hand up. Yes. Um, okay, so I love John Hughes movies. Uh, even the movies that I don't I quite never like that. so much. <laughs> and and just, I mean that with all love. Didn't you just say, like, I hate Joking? 16 Candles? I would never have expected so, that. So, well, I'm, let me just tell you. If you had let me just say Sorry. it and Sorry. talk, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I love John Hughes movies, not because I like the movies. Okay? I don't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I can't stand 16 Candles. I've never seen Pretty in Pink. I love Home Alone. I love, 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 love Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And I really, really, really like um, Breakfast Club. And the re- But here's the reason I like John Hughes movies. I love John Hughes movies. Is that even the bad ones, he follows... Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, it's a plot that he uses, right? It's this kind of slapstick, stupid humor, which sometimes lands and sometimes doesn't. But by the end of the movie, you have this sociologically philosophically deep, insightful realization that the characters have at the same time. That we're forced to confront who we are in the world that we live in and realize that it's not always the best thing. That we're not always the people that we think we are and we're not always the people we want ourselves to be. And I think that there's no better writer or or storyteller in, in the history of storytelling, and I mean this, who does it so consistently well as John Hughes did. And for that, The Breakfast Club is a brilliant movie, right? You were talking about when, when Brian is, is giving his, conf- I'm not, sorry, not Brian, um, when Andrew's Andrew. giving his confessional. That to me, I, I could have watched that scene over and over and over. And Emilio Estevez does a fantastic job, but more than anything, it's this way that it's presented to us that we are like that extra, that sixth person in that exactly. circle. It takes you by surprise. Too. The The setting, the... The presentation, everything about it is brilliant and it's perfect because it, it captures ourselves within these characters. You know, you ask us who we are. We're everybody. We're exactly. all five of them. Yep. We're we are all six of them if we're going to include Vernon and Carl or Carl. Uh, and I think that that's something that, that, again, John Hughes does so well. I think he perfected it with The Breakfast Club. I think this movie has a lot of 
errors. I think this movie has a lot of problems. You said that you couldn't find one. I, I look at it and I say character development as, as a whole, not so great. Individually, brilliant. But as a whole, not so great. My whole thing with, you know, is this something that's going to continue on to Monday is I want to know that this moment isn't a fleeting moment in time because I want to know that there is something good in the world. And I think that there is, there is, there is that optimism if they take this moment and they do something with it. I don't think it's enough if it's just this seven hour, eight hour day, but they have to do something with it. And if it's a subtle nod or a high in the hallway, then they did something with it. And that's something that to me, I need to know because I need to know that, that in a shitty world where shitty things happen, where bad people are bad, that there is still good with people. And with that being said, um, I've gone back and forth. Uh, I can't say on the dancing part. I think some of the jokes don't land. Um, I think that uh, some of the characterization is just off. At the same time, I got swept up in this movie. And I realized that I think, like we've been saying, the most important thing is I'm not alone. And none of us are alone in, in, in the feelings that we have about ourselves and the world that we live in. And so, um, no, I, I think it's, it's got so many problems that I can't give it a 0.5 or 1. Uh, but I'm going to give it uh, – I've changed my score a bunch of times now uh, <laughs> because I keep going back and forth going, I don't like that, but I love this. And so I'm going to give it a 1.25. I do think that it's, it's a good movie with some problems, but on, an, on the whole, it's essential viewing for, for humanity to know that there is still good in the world. Jer, finish us off, bud. I was really nervous about doing this film, guys. Like, no joke, because this is one of my personal favorite films. So you're, like, actually putting yourself vulnerable. Like, fuck, are they going to tear it up? <laughs> you know, or are they fucking going to destroy it? Um, uh, Brandon, to your to what you're, you're wondering in regarding to what happens on Monday, I think we kind of got that answer in the end of the films where you see Bender walking and he throws his fist in the air. And you know for a fact that he throws it in his fist in the air because he finally connected with someone. And I think that actually shows that, you know, something did happen in that moment. So, and dancing scenes, I'm sorry, the world would be a better place if more people would just dance out automatically. Just throwing that, throwing that out there, guys. For me, The Breakfast Club is an essential rite of passage for anyone who has grown with this film since it's been, since it's release. I feel like this movie still holds up even with some outdated cultural reference and some terminology. I think it's a movie that captures the heart of the 80s and it has one of the best songs for a motion picture soundtrack ever. Don't You Forget About Me. It's like sums up what the film is, reflects about what we ask from each other as we disappear from our youth, you know? Um, the movie broke down the walls and paved its own way for so many other films that I have to follow. It's smart. It's raw. It's funny. We don't know what happens on Mondays, yo, but what we do know is that their bond will last forever and for that next generation to discover. And I think that's fucking amazing. So I've been really low with a lot of our scores, man, but fuck, we've been doing some so many good movies here that this is not a one for me, but this is not a 0.5 for me, man. So I'm going to do something a little awkward here. This is a 0.8 for me. Boom. <laughs> See what you start, Sean? I know. I'm going to say one more thing, Brandon. <clears throat> about uh, Monday. The fact that you look at this movie and you see hope that people can change and that people should change and that maybe you're personally going to change is, I think, just as important as seeing what they do on Monday. Yeah. 
And I think that's, that's a so powerful So it answers message. the question, right? Right. Does, do they change? Well, it doesn't matter. You changed. Because you realize that you need to change. But I think that in kind of what I was saying is that we become a member of the Breakfast Club. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we're on the same page. Here. Yeah. 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 All right, Eddie, when you get all those scores and divide it by four, what do we get? Um, hold on. We got a one. And one <laughs> that point eight really fucking. Point eight. <laughs> hold on. Point eight. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to do right. that. Right. I just want to make sure because, yeah, yeah, you're right. You did that right. I did do it right. You did it right, yeah. It's point eight eight seven five. And yeah. where does that put us on our list? Where? What was the shiny, by the way, from last two weeks ago? Point eight one. Point eight one. So this is just just lower, it, just higher. It's than, higher than Jaws, but below the shining. I think that's where it belongs. Yeah, it, it belongs up there. I mean, I, I I know what cinematic impact Jaws had, but it didn't have a personal impact like both The Shining and the uh, and Breakfast Club. So I don't know, man. It's a summer blockbuster that stands the test of time, man. I for love, sure, for sure. I love I love how it almost doesn't tell you well, what's gonna happen on Monday, and now it's like, well, we'll find out. But yeah, it's it's almost it, like okay. It's up to you. Yeah. What, what are you going to do on Damn, Monday? Yeah, man. Like, the 80s are just fucking rocking it, yeah? <laughs> Fuck. Wait till the 90s. Ugh. Oh, my God. Even sweeter. But you know what? Feels right, man. I mean, shit, yeah. dude. These I movies are just I fucking awesome. I say we wipe awesome. clean and we start zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask that you please subscribe wherever you're listening. And give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, you can also find us uh, on Instagram at the Gentleman Podcast, or you can visit our website at thegentlemanpodcast.com, or you can reach out to us by email. We'd love to hear your thoughts and that we're right or wrong at hosts with an S at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Uh, this is our final uh, host pick for the 80s. I think that the next movie we're going to do is a group pick. pick. And what is the uh, group pick that's going to close out our 80s? Uh, our 80s decade. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, Nerfurters, um, <laughs> Bounty Hunters, Cloud City, Cloud City, Best Cloud City. <laughs> what could Lando that mean? Calrissian. What? Oh my gosh! Oh, freaking Lando Calrissian. Oh Sean, gosh. what is all? The, what are the, what are the, what do they all have in common? They're all what? From Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Dude, this is pretty fucking exciting, man. Like. I think we, it's not fair. It's, it's not the, fair. That movie's gonna be like a zero, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't don't know spoil it. That. They need to listen to the yeah, whole podcast. To the podcast. No, to be honest, uh, actually, to be honest, don't you say anything. Ed. No, I know a lot of people that I know just they don't like this movie, and they've might have and they're they might have influenced. Uh, we all know that five <laughs> is the best. They might have influenced. There's them. a reason we picked this one. <laughs> so if you want to just come and join us. <laughs> Hey, is it Star Wars or, or Empire Strikes Back? If, Empire Strikes Back, bro. Right if you want to come join us to just bask in the glory that is Empire Strikes Back, episode freaking five of the Star Wars saga. I, I just know that when we did it, when we decided to do this podcast, there's certain films that we really wanted to do, and we're finally hitting this fucking well, film. Well, what I, I think is interesting is that there were films that we really wanted to do, and then there was Point Break. Um, <laughs> Okay, then then I gotta get it. Today. <laughs> right. Our, our theme music is actually playing right yeah. now. But you know what's funny? I feel the same way of the rain. Ooh. Cheers, gentlemen. All right. Good night. It went dark. Great. Good luck. Uh, don't you forget about me. Uh, that was a really good one, guys. Good job. <laughs> Brian Cox would be proud. He would be. <laughs> <laughs>